Welcome to the sermon podcast for Victory Baptist Church. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. If you have a Bible, please open it to Psalm 23. You may know that psalm by heart, but it's Good for us to see in the scripture. Later in the service, we'll also be looking at a reference uh, from Peter, uh, but uh, we'll be mostly in the 23rd Psalm. Now, in our day, shepherds look a little differently than they did in that day. In our day, shepherds ride horses and they drive pickup trucks and they usually have dogs yipping and yapping, running around behind the sheep. And And in our day, shepherds look like this, except in Germany. In Germany, shepherds look a little different. So, um, (laughs) but in David's day, and for a thousand years after David's day, uh, the shepherds uh, lived out in the field with the sheep, providing for them and protecting them and knowing them individually and by name. Can you bring up that next slide of the other shepherds? If you're on listening to this on the audio on the podcast, we had a picture of a German shepherd up there, so uh, that's why everyone was laughing. But the shepherds would go out with the sheep, and they'd hang out with the sheep in David's day, and for a thousand years later, when the days of Christ, that's what shepherds did. And so shepherds would lead, and they would often sing, and uh, sheep would become familiar with their shepherd's voice. They would recognize that voice, and uh, even the sound of the way they tap their staff on the rock to, to keep the sheep going in that direction. The shepherds would do it differently. Uh, and so the sheep got to know which was their shepherd. And, and, and he would rub his hands over the sheep to uh, remove little bugs and critters and also thorns and thistles that got uh, stuck in the wool. And often at night, the sheep from several shepherds would gather in one place and they would keep the sheep all in this area safe. And then in the morning, the shepherd would call his own sheep and his sheep would know his voice and would follow him. So Jesus described this in John 10. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. So they hear and they follow. And The shepherd would spend days and weeks and months and years with the sheep, raising them from a young lamb to a full sheep and taking them to the shearers and and ministering to them and caring for them. And uh, Jesus said the shepherd would give his life for his sheep. They literally gave their life every day. Jesus gave his life in a way beyond what they could understand and comprehend when he died on the cross for us. Uh, But David was remembering his time with the sheep. David was a shepherd. Long before he became a warrior, long before he became a king, he was a shepherd and a hymn writer. And I think later in his life, he wrote this psalm. He didn't write it as a young man. He wrote it as an older man, looking back and seeing the hand of God caring for him as he had cared for his sheep when he had been a young man. Now, uh, this morning... We're going to read this psalm together, the 23rd Psalm. I have it on the screen, so if you're looking at your Bible, you're going to get ahead of us, maybe. Uh, And so we're going to read it together, 
and it's automatically advancing. So wait for the next slide before you start the next part. And so uh, we'll read it together, okay? Can you all see the screen? And if you can't see it or read it, then listen to the person closest to you. Hopefully they're on track, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for this psalm written by David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, preserved by uh, men and women through the ages who sacrificed sometimes their very lives to preserve your holy word so that we could hold it in our hands and put it in our hearts. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this psalm of David. We thank you for the truths that it presents. And this morning we ask that you would help us to listen, to really learn, to focus on uh, how you care for us and how you love us and how you provide for us. And may we be drawn closer to you. The, the focus this morning is, yes, to a little bit increase our head knowledge of what your word says, but mostly it's to draw our heart to your heart. That's what you want the most, for us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I hope that we will draw a little closer to doing that during this hour today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are looking this morning at, we need the shepherd. We need the shepherd. It's not just a want, it's a need. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this psalm, we're going to look at seven ways in which we need him. And I know some of you love to make notes and some of you are really fast at it. If you're fast at it, go ahead. If you're not, we can give you the notes later. Uh, and if you wanted to have a set, you could talk to Megan, we can print a set for you. But but we need the shepherd. And so let's look at what the psalm says. In Psalm 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We need him to lead us. Look in the middle of verse 2. He leads me beside the still waters. The middle of verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He is my shepherd. He leads he leads. Now, if he's leading, what are you supposed to be doing? Following. What happens to the sheep that didn't follow the shepherd in that day? Most of the time, they became dinner for some critter out there. Sometimes they fell off the side of a cliff. Uh, sheep are more nearsighted than any of us. Uh, they could run into things and walk off of things and not even see it coming. And so the sheep always got hurt when they didn't follow the shepherd. 
Do you know that has not changed? The sheep who don't follow the good shepherd get hurt. That's a fact of life. So we need to follow the shepherd. We need him to lead. So how does he lead us? Well, I'm going to mention this pattern a couple times in a couple ways this morning, but there's three areas. God leads us through his spirit, the Holy Spirit speaking directly with your spirit, prompting and guiding and guarding you and nudging you away from error and toward truth. So the Holy Spirit is speaking into your life. But the Holy Spirit also, God leads through the scripture. If people say, I'm following the Holy Spirit, but I'm not reading my Bible, who wrote this book? Peter said, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote a whole book. You think he wants you just to listen to this other stuff? No. If you are only listening to the Spirit and not learning the Word of God too, then Satan can slip in there and a false spirit can lead you astray. You need to anchor the leading of the Spirit with the Word of God because the Spirit does both. And so as we read it, we study it, we listen to it being taught, we, familiar passages become like old friends, don't they? This 23rd Psalm, I, I don't, most funerals you go to, they cite this 23rd Psalm. You see a, a funeral on TV, if they try and make it a churchy kind of funeral, they usually sing Amazing Grace and they read from the 23rd Psalm. And, and it, it means a lot. And it's, it's like an old friend. You have some books that maybe you reread because you like the characters, you feel connected with them. There's, there's stories your family like to repeat. Well, Scripture becomes that for us. It, it's part of the family life and growth and development that we have in Christ. And uh, unfamiliar passages become new friends sometimes. And God unfolds his wisdom as we study his word. So he's leading through his spirit, through his scripture, and he also is leading us through his people. Not just that people have put in your life that as an authority in your life, like kids, you have parents who are an authority and teachers if you're not homeschooled and, and teachers if you are homeschooled for that matter, but, but you have authorities in your life. And, uh, but God puts people in authority, and I really can't tell you how many times I have uh, got together, sought out person to receive some insight and wisdom for, for different areas of my life. And some pastor friends, in fact, this week, Kathy and I met and had lunch with a pastor and his wife who are pastoring out in the West Valley out in Goodyear. And he's been a close friend for years. And there have been times where he's called me and said, hey, we need to get together for lunch. I have some questions. And we'd talk it over and businessy kind of questions that that I had, and then I'd call him and say, hey, we need to get together. I have some questions, and we get together, and we talk over ministry concerns and, and, and help each other and encourage each other. So God uses his people to help us follow him. Now, godly people help us follow godly wisdom. But just because somebody's in church doesn't mean they're godly. How many stories have we heard of pastors or deacons or church leaders or uh, pianists or uh, Sunday school teachers who went off the deep end? I had one when I was in junior high. I was a, not an unsafe kid, and my Sunday school teacher taught something, and I paid attention that day, which was rare for me. I was not saved, and I was, I was not a good kid in Sunday school most of the time. And, and I, I took notes. I, I scribbled it down like crazy. And I went home at lunch and I said, hey, dad, guess what I learned in Sunday school today? That had never happened. 
And he was really surprised. What? And I told him, and he said, what? And I handed him my notes. He read over this during the dinner. He got up from the table, went in the bedroom, called the pastor on the phone and said, guess what my son learned in Sunday school today? And the next Sunday, I had a new Sunday school teacher. He was not teaching the Word of God. He was straying from the truth of Scripture. And uh, we want our teachers and all of our classes and our Awana classes and everybody to stick with the Word of God as we understand it and as we teach it. We've been studying it and teaching it for years. And, and if you learn something that's radically different, it's probably wrong. And so work at it, learn it. And, and if you're not sure, you read something in a book, ask somebody you trust who's a spiritually mature person, and they can help you understand it. Um, secondly, we need him to be with us. We need him to be with us. Look at the end of verse 4, I, or the middle verse. I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. You are with me. Now, some of you kids, you understand this, you're walking through a dark place and, you know, it may be Troy or Tucker, they're walking with Tim and Tim's a pretty big guy and, and he, as long as he's with dad, he's, he's pretty safe, right? Even though it looks a little scary, he's holding dad's hand maybe and he's okay. We understand that concept humanly, but God is with us all the time. The thing is, you can't hold his hand. I'm reminded of the little... Uh, granddaughter who was spending the night at grandpa's house, grandpa and grandma's house, and, and she was a little nervous, first night away from home, and, and uh, she was whimpering a little, and grandpa went in there and sat on the bed with her and talked to her, and he said, honey, it's okay. God is with you. And she said, but I want somebody with skin on. <laughs> you know, God is with you. Someday you'll be in his presence, and you'll be able to see him. How are we going to see God the Father who's the Spirit? I don't know, but I know we will. Our eyes are going to see much more than they do on planet Earth. And so God, we need Him with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. That's a promise He gave. He holds on to us and keeps us safe. Another promise that He gave. He lives within us in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And He is with us every day. And some glorious day, we will be with Him. We need him with us. I watch the news. I listen to some podcasts. And a couple of the podcasts I listen to are like exclusively for pastors. It would bore most people, but it's really interesting to me. Uh, and, and I listen to some podcasts by atheists, not because I love to listen to them, but they have insights of life on planet Earth. And they're not teaching atheism. I wouldn't listen to that podcast. But, but they don't believe in God, and they reject God. And so they're talking, and sometimes they have really good insights to life on earth. And I think, man, they need Jesus. Some of these politicians, they, they love people. They love America. They're making wrong choices because they don't know Jesus. Man, we'd love to see them follow the good shepherd. And we need him with us. And I ache for people who don't have Jesus, for people who've just buried a loved one and they don't have the comfort of the Holy Spirit of God, the people who've lost their job and they don't have a hope for the future because they don't have a God who says, I love you and I care for you and I want to provide for you. 
So we need him with us. Everybody does, but we understand it and we appreciate it. Thirdly, we need his correction. Uh, You knew I was going to get there, didn't you? Isn't that kind of weird? He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. How on earth could the, you know what the shepherd's rod was for? The, the rod was to smack the sheep when they weren't behaving well. And maybe the sheep was stopping and should have kept going, a little swat on the rump. You know, get a stick for Tucker, Tim, and you're good to go. And, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, that, <laughs> and that was just a joke. Those of you online might think, anyway, Tim knows I was just kidding. So uh, we need his correction, though. And, and what was the hook for? If the sheep got way out, you'd just reach over and pull it back. Uh, the old vaudeville shows, they'd have somebody come out with a big shepherd's hook and pull them off the stage so the next act could get up there. Yeah, I'm old. Okay. Uh, but they, they have, he, he, we need his correction. And David is an older guy, and he's looking back. And I'll tell you this, some of you kids right now, you think, I don't need my mom and dad telling me what to do. Oh, yeah, you do. If they weren't doing that, you could get in all kinds of trouble. And you're not going to appreciate it till you know, when I was 30, it was amazing how smart my dad got between when I was a teenager and when I turned 30. And, and you just, you will appreciate it later on. I even thanked my dad for some of the correction that he brought in my life, which I hated at the time but it helped me become a better person and to better follow the Lord. So how does God correct us? Well, we, again, the Spirit, the Scripture, and His people. So through His Spirit, moment by moment, the Spirit leads in our lives. And sometimes you're planning to do something, and you're, you're anticipating this, and then suddenly your heart and your mind shift. And you're looking something else, and you're planning to do this, and you end up doing that, and sometimes later you think, how did that happen? Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit of God. Don't go there, go there. Just shifts you over there. Maybe you said and did something, and then an inner prompting leads you to feel guilty for it and to repent of it because it wasn't the right thing to say and, or something. And so then you talk to the person you offended or possibly offended, and you apologize for what you said or did. And that's the Holy Spirit working. And sometimes through his word daily, as we read God's word, and we should be in it at least some daily, read some scripture every day. And not the same one every day either. <laughs> you know, oh, every day I read Psalm 23, I'm good to go. No, there, there's a lot more in there in case you didn't notice, okay? Uh, but I want you to think about a passage that in this verse, uh, verse one, I was thinking about this week, or and uh started last week, and then this week. This just really hit me in a way that I don't remember feeling so strongly about it before. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All right, mark your spot there, and then turn over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. That's toward the end of the Bible. You have First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John, Jude, and Revelation. So just start at Revelation, work your way back a few books to get to 2 Peter. It's only a few pages in the scripture. It's not a very long book. But I want you to see what Peter wrote. Those of you who are clicking in your e-Bibles, then that's uh, maybe easier or not. I don't know. But 
through his word daily. I have read Psalm 23, I have no idea how many times. I, I know how many times I preach from it in the last 20 years because I have a record of that. This is the third time. But I don't know how many times I have read it. Lots and lots of times over the years. I've heard it read. I've read it at funerals. I've heard it read at funerals. And, and yet this, I shall not want, really hit me. I, and I'm delighted when I see something with fresh eyes, something that I knew, but I really experienced. And so that happened this week. So when he said, I shall not want, the Holy Spirit prompted me to connect it with what he had Peter write in 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 2. Well, verse 1, he's writing, To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's writing to believers. 2 Peter chapter 1, now verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, God has given us everything we need. In fact, we have everything we need to do everything He wants us to do for now. And as He moves, He may lead us to get more schooling or more training or more learning to do something else. But you have everything you need to do what He wants you to do for now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will not lack. God has provided it for us through the personal work of Jesus Christ, through the personal work of the Holy Spirit, through the spiritual gifts and abilities that He has given us, through His Word. We have what we need. And so I am far more blessed than I am needy. God has given me what I need. And this afternoon, we're going to look in Psalm 84 about how we are blessed. I hope you can join us for that. But through His Word, God's speaking to us. And he, I saw it fresh this week, or week and a half ago, that I hadn't really looked at it that way. And wow, that's, that's cool. Then He also speaks through His people. I very much appreciate the two women that I spend the most time with, and that's my wife, Kathy, and my daughter, Megan. Now, she's looking forward to getting her own house at the end of this month and not having to spend so much time with me. But, <laughs> but we, we, right now, we have the same house and we work together every day. So quite often, I'll see Megan more in the day than I will Kathy during the daylight hours. But, but I appreciate when, when uh, Megan started working here at the church, one of the things that I, we, we talked about was that, um, you know, I need feedback, and we talked about it with the ministry leadership team, and if you disagree, you have to speak up, because that gives us the information we need to make the best decision. Uh, every person is lacking and needing other people. That's God's plan. He didn't give everybody 100% of the spiritual gifts. The only one who had everything was Jesus. Everybody else has parts of it, and we fill it in together, and so one day, I had been on a couple of phone calls, and Megan thought I didn't sound very polite. Now, 
I was really upset at the runarounds I was getting on the phone. And, but, but when I hung up, she said, you sound pretty grumpy today. And I said, well, yeah, I've learned to listen and appreciate. I didn't say, oh, thank you for sharing. Uh, but, but I did stop and really think about it. And I thought about an email that I sent to somebody. And I said, you know, so I sent him another email because I had sent an email back. I had ordered this software training thing and it wasn't working right. I sent thing back, you know, get it working or give me my money back kind of thing. And I wasn't quite that abrupt, but, but close. And, and then after Megan had said that, I said, well, I can't replay those phone calls because they're over, but I can do something about that email. So I sent him another email and I said, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, I work with my daughter. She's my administrative assistant and such a blessing. And, and she told me I sounded grumpy today. So I just want to correct this email and I want to share with you from my heart. You know. And I got back the greatest email from him. He said, that made my day. You were so encouraging to me, and, and I really appreciate it, and, and you must have a wonderful daughter. And I said, yeah, I've got several of them. And, you know, what a blessing, because we listen to other people. Now, Megan and Kathy will tell you, I don't listen 100% of the time. But you know what? We can get better at it. Hearing aids really help, don't they? <laughs> and we can get better at it. So God speaks to us and encourages us, and, and we respond to that correction. And a lot of people get the idea that, man, once I'm an adult, I don't need to listen to anybody. In fact, years ago, there was a young guy, he was making some really bad choices and everything, and he was tired of following the rules of his parents, so he had it all figured out. He was going in the army, so he didn't have to follow rules. All of the adults laughed, and he didn't understand why they were laughing. So, all right, we, we also need his provision. We need his provision. In verse 2, he makes me lie down where? Green pastures. You know, often in the scripture when God wants to bless people, he talks about it being green. Just thought I'd mention that. So uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I, you know I'm colorblind. I don't see the difference between green grass and brown grass, except sometimes the green grass looks shinier, but, but I don't see any difference. Sheep would really know the difference, don't you think? They start crunching on some of this stuff we out here we call grass. They wouldn't like that very much. But that green grass, that, so the sheep gets to the place where he gets that provision. That's what the shepherd did. That's what God does for us. In fact, that's part of what this service is. It's God's provision for you. It's your spiritual food. It's, it's, you can grow on your own. You can study the Bible on your own. You can mature in a lot of ways. But there's nothing that helps you grow more than being connected to an assembly of people. And the songs and the conversations that we have in this place help us grow. And the second one, verse 3, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. I remember being in a really difficult emotional spot and feeling like I couldn't go on. And, and Kathy prayed with me and and she got some of my close friends who were leaders in the church. She, she got Cecil Friend, 
and uh, Jim Reeves and, and brought them to, to pray with me. And uh, then Jeff Miller prayed with me. And, and then I was able to get up and preach and go beyond what I physically thought I had the capacity to do because God's people help provide that provision. He restores my soul. He doesn't always restore your soul, just you alone with God. But he often does, you with the people of God, you'll find your soul restored. And then verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And that's one of the guy's favorite verses, you know. Prepares a table before me, God loves me, yeah. Uh, and we, we love the fact that God meets our needs. He's providing for us. And, and the end of verse 5, he says, my cup runs over. If they couldn't, in the slides earlier, we showed the sheep uh, drinking from water that was so placid, there was a mirror reflection of the sheep in the water uh, by still waters. But if the shepherd couldn't get him to the still water, he would scoop a cup full of water and and, it, and then he'd anoint the scalp with oil and massage that in to, to help. But, so the prayer, Jesus said, the model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We can trust him. We need him. And he provides. Job 23, 12. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The word God gives us is so valuable. In fact, uh, I think there's a lot of argument in Scripture. If you had time to either read your Bible or eat lunch, reading your Bible might be the better choice. Now, you can be a genius and get an audio Bible and do both at the same time, uh, but, but you should really value God's Word. Um, I was reading in Proverbs this week and was reminded that, that uh, wisdom is more valuable than silver or gold. It doesn't seem like it in America. But it is true. Wisdom's more valuable than silver or gold. And James teaches that wisdom comes as a gift from God. And he gives it liberally. You want his wisdom? Ask for it. Read his word. The spirit and the word will work together to bring wisdom in your life. And David's testimony in Psalm 3, he said, The Lord sustained me so I would not fear. We need his provision, not just food, but emotional provision, spiritual provision, and he gives it to us. Also, we need his healing. That's anointing the head with oil. That sounds like a weird thing, you know? If, you know, somebody came over to your house and, hey, Rick, I'm sorry you're sick. I brought some oil. I'm going to pour it on your head. Rick would say, I don't think so. <laughs> Mess up the dude. No way. And so we, we have... The, that anointing oil, that was to get the bugs and stuff off the head of the animal, and they'd, they'd put it in and, and massage it to heal the sheep. And, and so when the sheep got its head anointed with oil, the, the shepherd wasn't rubbing his thumb in a little oil and rubbing it on the forehead of the sheep and then moving on. He was actually massaging it in to provide and care for the sheep. And God heals our souls. We were sin-sick sinners on our way to hell. He died in our place. He saves us, forgives our sins, gives us a home in heaven. He removes your lostness. 
Kathy was telling a story with some friends that we were driving in Dallas. Uh, we had a group that we were, uh, they were a singing group, right? I don't remember where we were taking them, but we pulled up to the corner and, and we needed uh, directions because we couldn't find where we needed to go. So, you know, you roll down the window and yell to somebody, hey, do you know where, where that, where I can get to this place? And the person answers back, are you lost? And then the lady who was with a pianist for the singing group rolled down her window and yelled out, we're not lost, we're saved. (laughs) We still didn't know where we were going on planet Earth, but when we left Earth, we were good to go, you know. And so we need his healing. He removes our lostness and he provides for us. And uh, we may have good doctors and Surgeons, I'm very thankful for a doctor I saw recently who's uh, changed the mix of my asthma medicine. I'm breathing a lot better. I was really struggling for a couple of weeks with the wind and everything. And so we we have good doctors and they can be a a huge help when you have the right doctor. Uh, But the good shepherd is also the great physician. And so we see a doctor and we appreciate the doctors and all of them, not just the ones in this room, but, but we appreciate them, and they help us, but God's the one who has to do the healing. He's the one who made our bodies so they can respond to medicine and surgery and physical therapy and occupational therapy and all of that. So we need his healing, primarily for our soul, but for every part of us. Sixth, we need his goodness and his mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When uh, I was a teenager, my family was sitting, we were reading some scripture. I don't remember where we started, but several of us were reading a a psalm, and then my younger sister was reading the 23rd Psalm, and she's 12 years younger, so I was 15 or 16, and she was quite a bit younger, and she got in that 23rd Psalm, surely goodness and mercy. Well, Kathy's mom is named Shirley Story. And so she said, Shirley, hey, that's Mrs. Story's name. (laughs) She thought her name was in the Bible. And so uh, from then on, my dad always called her Shirley Goodness. So (laughs) God is good. He gives us mercy. Mercy. Now, when we use the word mercy, it's like something bad almost happened. Mercy! You know, maybe I don't, I don't use it that way, but I know people that do. But mercy is we don't get something we deserve. We deserve hell. His mercy gives us away from hell. His grace gets us into heaven. And we need His mercy. So all those who receive His mercy find their sin fully forgiven, cleansed, saved to the uttermost. We need his goodness and mercy. And the psalmist, David, he learned, I can get it from the Lord and only from the Lord. I need him and we need him. And lastly, what a huge blessing in our lives. We need him to welcome us home when our lives on earth are completed. When will that be? Well, if it's the rapture, I'm hoping this afternoon. If it's anything else, I'll wait. Thank you. Uh, but, but we need him to welcome us home when our lives on earth will be complete. Uh, remember when Stephen was being stoned to death? The book of Acts records it. Stephen looked toward heaven and he said, 
I see the heavens open and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. He was standing to welcome him home. And, you know, I, I, my family, we're, we're a big family of huggers. And uh, so actually, uh, not, not my wife and I, but the family I grew up in, all my siblings and all of us, and we hug and we backslap and bear hug and lift each other off the ground and all that fun stuff. And, and you know, COVID kind of put a damper on that. But, but I like to picture when Stephen got home, Jesus giving him a bear hug. I don't know if that's what happened, but I can picture that in my head. And good job, Stephen. You were faithful to the end, just like I asked you to be. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not though I walk into and get stuck there forever, you walk through that valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. And then the, the end of it, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Now, when David wrote that, his image of the house of the Lord was the tabernacle. And tonight, in Psalm, or this afternoon, Psalm 84, he writes about the tabernacle and the joy he found in worshiping God there. And we'll be looking at that. Uh, but that the tabernacle, he, he just thought it was the most spiritual place. There was stuff that reminded him of God and God's relationship with us. But he had no idea the description we have of the holy city, New Jerusalem, and the place we will live with God. We will have a dwelling place with God forever. What a blessing. Because our good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. We are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. We actually belong in heaven. We have a reservation reserved in heaven for you. And Peter's not going to be there at the pearly gate, you know. Well, Larry, should I let you in or not? You know? No, he's not going to be doing that. We're going to be welcomed in because we belong with Jesus. Because he, we are in him and he is in us. You have an all-access pass paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything heaven offers is yours because of Jesus. And all the blessings in heaven forever. We'll have problems on earth, but someday we won't have any of those problems. On Thursday night in our Trek Club, we were reading about that and... and uh, the Bible lesson, and there's going to be no sorrow, no sickness, no pain, no suffering, no tears. What a blessing, and we'll be with him forever. We need the shepherd. Not just on judgment day, but praise the Lord, we have him then, right? We need him every day. The Lord is my shepherd. That's what David said. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, that's what you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're not sure, you, you want to know a little more, stick around. We can have people show you. I'll be out in the patio. You can come out and say, I want to know more about trusting Christ as my Savior. We would love to open God's Word and show you how you can be saved. Maybe you're a believer and you're struggling in some area of your life. We looked at last week that God allows pain in our body, and our 
mind, in our emotions, in our spirit. He allows difficulties in our life. Maybe you're really struggling. You need to just remind yourself that you have a shepherd who's caring for you and loving you and providing for you. Maybe you just need somebody to be a prayer partner with you. We can pair you up with somebody and they'll check in on you and pray with you and, and encourage you and help you. We need the shepherd. We need the shepherd's people too because uh, other sheep help us along the journey as together we follow the shepherd. For more information about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ. Send us a message at victory at victoryarizona.org or connect with us on our Facebook page.